When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, everybody, we took this week off, but we're going to share one of our classic episodes. Enjoy. Welcome to the All Too Real 2 podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Michael E. Cullen II. Uh, with me, as always, is my co-host, the very enthusiastic Matthew Haas. What is up? The sky. Good to be here. Okay, that was good, Matt. I, I'm, I'm, I'm loving this enthusiasm. Okay, uh, today we're, uh, we're, we're, uh, we're delving into the world of direct-to-video sequels. Um, we're going to do a little series on these. Um, this episode, we will be covering The Sandlot 2, the 2005 directed video film directed by uh, David Mickey Evans and written by him as well. He also wrote and directed the first one so and narrates both. So uh, As different characters. Yes. <laughs> Which makes total sense. Hey, the third one goes into time travel, so like I'm saying, yeah, we'll get into this, that. This one whole later. universe might be screwed up. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I don't know. So I know you have a lot to say about this movie, Matt. Um, I know you just absolutely loved it, right? Yeah, it was all right. I kind of <laughs> lied when I said I had a lot to say about it because I mean, there's really not much to say other than it was yeah, it was it's a decent movie to watch at like two in the morning. When, you know, you're trying to fall asleep and, you know, you don't have to really concentrate too hard to watch it, but you still have to pay attention. I mean, it's not like it's not like some weird show about, you know, explosions and sky or anything like that. I mean, you still have to pay attention a little bit to it. But, you know, other than that, you know, it's a good movie just to chill out to. uh, So it's like better than like uh, having the TV off. Yeah, I think so. I would say it's better than having the TV off. Yeah. (laughs) I, it was it's preferable to nothing. Yes. Yes. No, it's not that bad. I'm just kidding. I know. So but it was. It's, <laughs> it, I just saying it was. Yeah. Uh, you know. I mean. It, I'm not like some angry, you know, reviewer who's gonna have heart attack about it or anything like that. But well, I'm glad because I don't know any medical training well, or yeah. any, of any kind, and I don't want you to die in 
talking about that guy in the studio here. Yeah. You know, it'd be good. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, what are some like you know? Okay, basically, let's. Uh, okay, the the basic. Um, hold on, I'm gonna record again. Okay, so the basic storyline here, um, according to the Internet Movie Database, um, is uh, in the 12 years since the in the 12 years since the comedic sequel to 1993's Sandlot, a new group of kids have moved into the Sandlot. David Durango, Mac McKing. Saul and his deaf brother Sammy Fingers t- Fingers and uh, Tarkel um, Scotty's um, Scotty's younger brother Scotty Smalls that is um, younger brother S- Johnny Smalls um, and a surprise for the for Sandlot 2 a girl in the group Ooh. Haley Goodfarer um when uh, when Johnny mistakenly sends a model rocket over the junk fence in the Great Fear's yard, the gang must retrieve it, even with the help of the retriever, um, who is played by Griffin Riley Evans, who is actually the director's son, by the way. Mm. Anyways, I was wondering why the. Anyway, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no comments here. Um, a, a kid who steals dog tags and finds the uh, great fear, uh, great fears, a, a fear a challenge. Um, yes, complete with another um, psychotic name calling scene with Mac and uh, Little League Captain Singleton. Um, <clears throat> you know, which is very reminiscent of the other one. Uh, and of yeah. course, with James Earl Jones as Mr. Myrtle, I just uh, wonder how much they paid him to be that- in this movie. I do have a lot to talk about this, actually, this movie. Sorry. Go yeah. Ahead. Okay. So, basically, <laughs> we're kind of retreading the same plot, but instead of the Babe Ruth baseball that got knocked, that got put into um, Mr. Myrtle's uh, backyard, <laughs> uh, this time it's, 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 a, it's a model space rocket for a guy that's working for NASA who, for some reason, lives in the San Fernando Valley. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure... I, I guess you can live outside of like you know, Cape, what what would have been like Cape Canaveral at the time. I don't know. Do they name it Cape Kennedy at that time yet? I don't know. But that or or, or Houston or I, I'm pretty sure those are like the only two locations for NASA headquarters. I mean, I think there is one in Ohio as well. But there, you know, but it's still it's. I don't think there's one in the San Fernando Valley, where this movie takes place. Even though it was shot in Vancouver, Canada, mm-hmm. the first movie was actually shot in some other state than california as well so it but all of the the sandlot is in the san fernando valley of california but none of them were shot in california from what i understand so which is very strange i don't know it's like why place it there if it's not (laughs) i don't know but uh so uh we're retreading the same same thing we've got you know the kids of the sandlot being picked on by the by the little league team you've got the you know they gotta have a game to see what's who's gonna get the field and blah 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 and you know you just threw in some you know women lib type stuff with with girls and stuff which i mean i'm all okay with but uh it was way over the top Def- i was gonna say they yeah. overplayed the whole 
Oh, her mom's a feminist card. Get it? Get it? Get it? Yeah. Like, like, who actually really talks like this mom? That, like, maybe a few people, but I doubt yeah. that if, if they did, I doubt that person would have a husband in the family because the people would just be totally, like, bored but, to death from hearing it. But constantly. even if even if this person existed, I mean, they it wasn't just her. It was it was the girls. It was uh, it, I mean, I'm all for, you know, I'm, I'm I consider myself a feminist. I mean, I'm all for women's rights and everything, but it was way over the top, you know, and like what kid is going to be name dropping Gloria Steinem? Right. I mean, uh, you know. A Toledo native, by the way, but yeah, well, yeah, she yeah. is. Yeah, <laughs> but, but even <laughs> so. even she was though was getting like annoyed with it, like because whenever yeah. she would try to talk to her mom about something, she would just like quote something. She's like, "Oh, gee, thanks, mom." Like you know, it's like I'm a I'm a fucking kid here. Like you know, yeah. give me something I can but, actually, but, you know. But later in the movie, you know, she she is like, I mean, at one point in the movie, she is like, uh, you know, name dropping. Well, I think they just wrote that to try. I don't. I don't yeah, even think and, her and, character would say that. No, but, that's what I'm saying. It didn't make sense. Yeah. That it made about as much sense as the black kid saying "solid" like uh, three times within the first 20 minutes of the movie or something. And I want to talk about that too. The, yeah. the token black character. So at the end, yeah. I'm kind of going toward the end of the movie here. Yeah, no, it's fine. When we can jump around when they're talking want. about whatever what happened in people's lives and oh, yeah. so and so created. I like this. So the so the oh. The, the two white kids created, you know, a hip hop record label, yeah. which became hugely successful. It was called Def, Def Jam Def Records. Def, oh my god! Okay, bad joke, but then bad the joke. one black kid, his story is he got abducted by aliens, and no one ever saw him again. So it's like it's always like the black character has to have like this goofy story because you know because he can't take a black character seriously apparently. So it's yeah. always got to be some stupid like why couldn't you know the black kid have a family or settle down or not, own not, a department store. No, he's got to be abducted by aliens, you know. But, but like, not to mention, I mean, not to mention the uh, the fact that the two nameless girls in the movie, too. <laughs> That's right. They had no names. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm sure they did, but I don't know. They never really said them in the movie. Anyways, the, the two nameless uh, um, friends of Haley, um, at the end, they, they went on to do the most courageous thing in the world, which was, according to the narrator, <laughs> which was to raise three kids each they both had three kids exactly yeah and they went on to raise them they did nothing else with their lives no nothing was no, that, and was no, no nothing of any significance i mean i'm not saying that you know being a mother isn't important and it is but it's like for a movie that's trying to push this feminist you know this this feminist message you end the movie with two of your female characters <laughs> just becoming housewives basically according to the way you're talking and like i mean i it just kind of seems counterproductive there i, I mean it was written by one guy yeah that's probably why he didn't have any input from anyone else so he's like here, here here's here's right. what i think feminism is is some wife constantly quoting Gloria Steinem. yeah it's like you know what i mean like but it's cool it's totally cool it's like it's yeah. probably the only thing he knew about uh, yeah. feminism was he heard the name Gloria Steinem <laughs> yeah, once not um, to make fun of him but no you know, i mean he, he's yeah. a good guy i mean he did make the first one movie. yeah the um, first one but good yeah, this one's not that bad, actually. Yeah, I mean, it, for, for a sequel, it's not really that bad. As bad as we're making it sound, but um, the other uh, interesting thing too about like the things at the end, uh, they say uh, something about uh, Haley becoming a, a a model, which seems like another kind of anti-feminist <laughs> type of thing. But they did make her a Olympic softball player. That's but right. it's funny because. Um, I mean, she okay. It said that she would have been been an Olympic softball, um, 
you know, been been on the Olympic softball team and, you know, won some gold medals or whatever, uh, it would have been pretty unlikely because uh, women's softball did not become an Olympic sport until 1996. And this movie takes place in 1972. And she was, she, and they were 12 years old at the time. She would have been around 35 years old in 1996. Very unlikely age for an Olympic softball player. I mean, it's starting out. It's, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. possible, yeah. but I don't think many women would be playing softball at 35. That's kind of just starting out. Yeah. Well, I mean, not necessarily just. Well, I mean, out. like in the Olympics, like if they were in well, the Olympics well, for ten years before, well, she that, could have been uh, playing softball for years. And if that was the first year they had an Olympic softball team, oh yeah, they might have wanted some experienced people on the team. I guess it theoretically she could have been on the Olympic softball team. I don't think that's what he was going for. I think it was just an oversight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, think I, I don't think he did his research <laughs> no. to find out that. You know, I, it didn't enter the Olympics I think he, until he wrote this like in a, a period of like six months, probably. <laughs> I think he kind of rushed it. Probably. I think you're giving him a little bit more leeway here. Well, six, six months. months, like, I, months I'm, I'm, I'm saying like six hours. Six hours. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I know people that could write something better. Like well, that's the thing. Like you said, it, it's pretty much a rehash to the first movie with just a, diff- yeah. a few differences here and there instead of a baseball. It's, you know, a rocket or, or like a model rocket. Now, I was even thinking to myself last night because I was kind of I was getting kind of angry just because like the movie, like the movie's pacing is so erratic, like yeah. because like I'd be watching it and it's like it's kind of going like a, your pretty standard linear thing. I'm like, OK, it's not too bad. Then it just kind of goes off in these weird directions. Then they do the of course, they do the obligatory Fourth of July scene. A- another thing from the first movie, mind you, about the fireworks display. Oh, yeah. And. How they're playing like you know spirit in the sky in one one scene not not from that one but and then it's like I was I was just thinking to myself yeah apparently they spent all of their money on the soundtrack oh I know of the acting because like I and mean the, and the effects and everything they did spirit in the sky and then there was another song that was relatively oh, famous they, they, um, there was a lot, they they did taking care of business that's right that's another one yeah, yeah. and um so there were some other uh, like there was a lot of actually decent 70s yeah. songs in the soundtrack i mean but then again who knows how much those songs cost because some of those songs oh. i hear in a lot of movies so it's like it might just be a little bit yeah and then james it, Earl it, jones it, like he's yeah and it, it wasn't like they were using you know the beatles in this or something right. you know which would have cost a lot of money yeah but <laughs> i don't know yeah and james earl jones probably ate up some of the budget there just for, for his, his one, one scene. scene and i was thinking too i was i actually i was i was really sad when that scene happened, like I was hoping against hope, I'm like, please, don't let that be James Earl Jones. Please let it be a different character. And it's like, nope. Turns out, I'm like, oh my fucking god. Like really, it's like, why? Like, so we have. Well, to if it makes this... you feel better, he's not in the third one. Well, it does make me feel better actually because he's <laughs> he's too important, I think, to lend himself the face, no matter how much they paid him. Yeah. I mean, granted, they offered him like three million dollars to do five minute scene, fine, whatever. But I'm just like, I'm watching, and I'm like, please, I'm like, oh. Yeah, who knows how much they offered him? Was it? Did you look it up? No, I'm just saying, like, (laughs) I'm just saying it's easy money. I mean, you you only have to film for like one day and then there you go. Yeah, I mean, who knows? He could also be friends with the director, too, and maybe did it for him, you know? Who knows? Yeah, Uh, I just, I don't know. I just watched it and I'm like, oh, God. And like, here we go again with the story about the dog and how it's the son of his old dog who everyone's also afraid of that dog. It's like, dude. Maybe you're like a bad dog owner if you constantly have dogs that people are afraid of. Like, I mean, you know. And my, my thing is, it's like, 
Okay, he's blind, yeah. which we established in the first movie. Right. Okay. Uh, that I get. Okay. Is he also deaf? Because the, <laughs> the that, that big that, that big art piece that he made. Oh, no, yeah, the I, art I, piece. Yeah, uh, that, that made as a fence, you know, out of old, like, uh, refrigerators and, uh, you know, um, washers and dryers and stuff. Anyways, it fell down really hard. Yes. And he didn't know about it until the kids came to the door to tell I mean, him. We're talking about multiple washers and dryers, <laughs> like probably at least like 20 or 30 of them, not to mention all the other scrap metal that makes a, a loud clane when it lands. Yeah, all of it just completely falls down onto the field. Nothing. Yeah. No, nothing. He, he's listening to records. I don't know what he's doing inside his house. And then and it's like, that's the other thing too, though. He's blind. That's been established since the first movie. Okay. How did he? How was he able to climb up this extremely dangerous structure with washers and, and build dryers it. and build it and call but, it an art piece? How did he never fall down or have something crush him? I'm not, I'm not saying blind people can't make art well, no, pieces, not, but still, it's like, <laughs> did he have help with this? Did, yeah, this is not a regular art piece. Did this the is, dogs help him? With yeah, this? maybe, like, maybe like, his <laughs> dog helped him push push up a, a dryer or up a ramp. I don't know how they did this, but it's. Uh, I mean, because, I mean, like I said, you know, blind people can be artists, uh, you know. I saw a movie once called Blue that was just a blue screen for two hours, but it was a guy but doing, because he, he, uh, he had contracted AIDS and he was dying and all he could see was the color blue. Oh, wow. And he made, and he was a filmmaker. I'm trying to remember the guy's name, but uh, he, um, he made this movie where it was just basically it was a, kind of a day in his life. But it was just the audio, basically, in a like a blue screen. Oh, like a narration. Okay, cool. Yeah, it was kind of cool. Um, oh yeah, I wasn't trying to say that because he was blind, he couldn't make something. But I'm just like, I'm just saying that it, that was no art piece. That was a wall. That was a freaking wall. No matter how you slice it, like yeah, it was a. And you know, it's like just like in the first movie, he doesn't want people knocking on his door constantly because all the stupid rumors have going around about how it's got a. A monster of a pet. Well, he, well, he actually wants them to knock on the door. Oh, he does. Oh. No, no, that's what he said. Because he oh, says, okay. "Why didn't you kids just come to oh, the yeah, door? That's right. Why didn't you come?" And the same thing he did in the first movie. It's like, "Why didn't you just knock on the door and ask me for the ball?" And right. then this this one, it's like, "Why didn't you just come to the door and ask me for the rocket?" Right. He's like, "I would have gone and gone out and got it for you." And like, what, 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 what was his name? Johnny Smalls, or or was that the original character? What, what's this kid, character's name? Uh, this kid is Johnny Smalls. Johnny. So. Johnny knew about this this guy, or relatively knew about the story from his older brother. Yeah. So how come at no point did he be like, huh, this seems kind of weird. I remember my older brother telling me a story like this. Why don't I go call him and talk to him and ask him about how they, this? How, how they settled the deal. Instead, no, I'm just not going to bother him. I'm just going to figure this out on my So own. it basically just makes the whole point of the first movie kind of moot. I mean, it's like, it, or, or like pointless because these kids you know you, you think that would have been the one thing because it seemed like after the after the events of the first movie that those kids would have kind of become friends with mr myrtle yeah and and uh maybe if this is his little brother he would have at least introduced him to him at one point or mentioned him and said hey you know that guy's a cool dude you know or whatever you know it's like <laughs> Don't be afraid of his dog, you know. Yeah, or whatever. just don't be afraid of him. Right. I mean, because regardless of the dog, all you had to do was knock on the do dude's door, and he would have got you the rocket. 
But, you know, we need the movie, you know, so I do kind of like the idea of the rocket yeah, being more high stakes than an autographed baseball. I mean, I do yeah, understand. But, but, but then in the end, in the narration, they talk about how the rocket wasn't even that important. It was the blueprints the, right. uh, of um, Mr. Uh, Mr. Goodfair. Um, it, it was his blueprints of the rocket. Yeah. And I mean, Mr. I mean, that's the other thing. Greg Gurman, who played Mr. Goodfair, is actually a pretty well-known actor. Yeah. At, at that time, he wasn't too far off of doing Ally McBeal, which he was on for years. And right. so I'm sure they paid him a decent amount of money. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, Even though he wasn't in that many scenes either, but still, it was... <laughs> okay, I talked about that, too. So yeah. his, the fact that he has three locks on his door, and then yeah. he just somehow forgets to close the door all the way when he's late for his flight. Like, really, like... He like, would have had to lock them, though, too. You know, you think he would have at least locked one of them. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, obviously, they needed that to, you know, start the next part of the movie. But I'm just thinking this guy is so secretive about his stuff that he has three locks. And then he just leaves it, the door open. But also, with the ambiguity of talking to Johnny the day before about, hey, why don't you come over on Friday morning... And so, you know, we'll test out that rocket. So then he sees the door open. So he's like, well, maybe maybe he meant for me to do it. I don't know. You know, and then he sets it up, and then he he wasn't going to release it until the guy got home. But then he fell asleep, and then he dropped the yeah, remote. My, my then... thing is, is if if this, this, this parent that I barely knew... <laughs> Said, hey, you know, you can come over and you know we'll we'll play with rockets. <laughs> not, not, not. I mean, no, that sounded kind of dirty. But um, <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> no, no, no. But anyways, like, like if if your neighbor, when you're a kid, says, hey, you know, I, I, we, we can, we can do this thing at this certain time. You know, whatever kind of adult it is or whatever, I'm not gonna just go about myself and set up this rocket, <laughs> right? And, and say, oh, it's okay. He'll be here soon, and we'll take care of this and do right. it. You know, no. And, and and think that he's not going to be mad at me for touching, you know, his rocket. That just sounds bad again. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> an actual rocket. Not, yeah, not, we're talking about it. It looks like a, you know, like, well, an like actual a NASA model rocket. Model rather. rocket, yeah. <laughs> but an actual model rocket, not a euphemism. It's an actual yes. model rocket. <laughs> Too big for any, you know, anatomy to ever. So, so um... <laughs> Wow. How about them uh, Sandlot kids? Yeah, huh? in their in their baseball. The Sandlot kids. Let's talk about them. Okay, so yeah, so so, uh, so let's talk about the different characters yeah. too. Yeah. So we've got um, we've got David Durango, who's basically your Benny from the first movie. Yeah. You know, in, in a ways because he's like the kid that's all about the baseball and yeah. and all about the girls eventually. But uh, right. <laughs> I don't know. So, Mr. Cool, sort of. Yeah. I mean... It, well, not really. And, and, and I mean, the thing is, the, these kids aren't... I mean, not that the kids in the first movie were great actors. They just seem to have a little bit more chemistry together than these kids did. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that they didn't have any, but it just seemed like... I mean, David Durango, he's... Uh, I mean, the the guy who... Uh, Max uh, Lloyd-Jones, who played, who played him, he's gone on to do other things, like he was in Once Upon a Time and stuff oh, like okay. that. Oh, okay. Cool. But he's... He seems like a decent actor, but here in this movie at times it almost seems like he's bothered by being a... <laughs> yeah it just he just gives this thing like 
like, why am I doing this? Like, yeah, it's like, am I doing this for the paycheck or what? You know, that sort of thing. It just feels like that to me a little bit. I don't know if you, yeah. you got that same vibe. A little or not. For, well, just the whole, the whole, the whole deal just feels forced to me. I mean, to an extent. I mean, like you got the, the personally. I the only characters I liked the most was Haley because she was a girl. Yeah, and I was tired. So it was, it was tired something. Of Something it was actually a different character. Yeah, someone that you didn't see before, like because yeah. every like you said, everything else is pretty much like a like a carbon copy of the other characters in some way. So here's someone that wasn't involved, and then of course you know then then you could add in the new new spin to the whole you play baseball like a girl thing because you know that's that was always used as yeah. an insult. So then she's like, okay, well you know I'll I'll strike you out with my super fast softball pitch or whatever. And then, uh, which is interesting too, because they did technically they didn't win that game that was supposed to settle the. No, uh, he just he just beat all beat the, the shit kid. out of the guy. Yeah, and that was that. That's what made him leave. So it's interesting they didn't win. Yeah, uh, the game and which again kind of goes into the whole feminist thing again. So you know the whole then it goes back into you can't hit a girl. It's like it's like it's like the writer is like trying to strike this balance but doesn't really know how. So he keeps and then, going then back it took, and forth. It, it took a guy to defend the girl. Exactly. Way, so it's kind of like I don't know if that. I mean, it, it's hard to say. What I mean, you can still defend it. someone, but I just yeah. mean like they made it into like the whole. Like he, I think he even literally said "knight in shining armor" in the narration. Like I think he literally used those yeah. words. So it's like, and then like she even looks back at him and she's like got tears streaming from her eyes because yeah. she got hurt. Well, I mean, the guy basically punched her in the boob. I mean, so yeah. it's kind of that's that's like getting hit in a if you're male, that's like getting yeah. hit in a certain. Area. area so it's yeah. it's obviously that would be extremely painful but and you know you would be have to be an asshole to even do that just to win you know a baseball game but and and i mean and 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 uh the girl that played Haley was a decent actress too samantha burton and she's never done anything since yeah she was a little bit too like snotty though she was a little and, bit i mean kind i mean of it over, was over the top it was over times, the top yeah but most of them were um yeah but uh there, there was like i mean the kid who played johnny smalls um, James Wilson. Um, nah, he. I wasn't a huge fan of him. Yeah, to be honest. I don't know how to explain him. He just didn't seem like he. He seemed like he he was really excited to be there, though. At least more than. The yeah, kid he playing was, David. He was super so, enthusiastic, yeah. but he was like out of place the whole time. Yeah. Did he even play? Was he even on the team, or was he just always watching? I think he was just always he watching. Never, so he never. I don't think he ever played really. So that's. That, I guess that's another different thing. He the, what, yeah. the Smalls character wasn't actually on the team. Yeah. Didn't become good at baseball or even want to play baseball. I mean, I don't think. I don't. He might have played at one point. I don't know. I don't. I don't think even so. remember. Though. I don't think so. Hmm. I don't remember either. That's a good thing. Um, good thing already, to look at. Yeah. Yeah. We already talked about Haley. Um, and then uh, Mac, who was the 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 curly head <sighs> curly haired blonde kid um who is uh played by uh Brett Kelly and he he was also in Bad Santa one and two. That kid oh my I I was just gonna say that was that the same Yeah he was this, he was the kid in uh, in Bad Santa. I mean he was good in Bad Santa. But still the the thing about his uh he's actually surprisingly also in um Slapshot three so he's in hmm. another uh sequel um, <laughs> to a classic movie, mm-hmm. <laughs> sports movie. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> we should cover that someday. Yeah. Um, I've only seen Slapshot two. I've never seen Slapshot three. I've, of course, seen the original Slapshot, which is probably the 
one of the best hockey movies ever made. Um, yeah, he was in Bad Santa 1 and 2, and um, he still seems to be pretty active as an actor. He was in Like Mike 2 as well. Hmm. Direct video sequel to Like Mike. Um, <laughs> he seems to want to like to do these uh, direct video sequels yeah. to sports movies. Because Like Mike was a basketball movie. And yeah, it's like. <laughs> I don't know. But, anyways, he yelled all of his lines. If you watch that movie, he had, like. Yeah, it was no. Like, come on. Like, there's no. There's never a time when you're not yelling something. Yeah. Like, that's, that's it, it overacting. What he said. Overacting, and, like, I need to make a point. Like, yeah. And, of course, he was kind of like the, the ham character in the first movie yeah. in a way. I mean, he was the chubby kid. So, And apparently they have to have the same personality because they're fat. So, it, But and the thing is, though, in the first movie, um, the kid who played ham, oh, what, what the heck is that actor's name? I know, he, he was in a bunch of stuff, too. Yeah, he, he's time. actually just recently, um, he has a recurring role in Glow. Oh, okay. Of all things. Huh. It, it's kind of interesting. And he's, he's actually pretty funny in that. Um, but uh, I because I, I saw him in Glow and I was like, is that the kid from Sandlot? <laughs> and it is. He's grown up, you know. He's like in his thirties or whatever. Excuse now. me, it's yeah. the character from Kick It Out, the Disney movie about soccer. Excuse me, which was way better than the Sandlot. No, it wasn't. But I don't even know if I've yeah. ever heard of 1995. <laughs> Kick It Out was it like a Disney Channel movie? Or no, something? it was a real movie. Well, I mean, re- it was a movie that went into the theaters. Really, and then. They play the song by heart because kick it out. That was part of the whole move, the soundtrack to the, the trailer. <laughs> kick it out. De- 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 or whatever, however the song goes. But, you know, and then like, they're like, yeah. Because like, I think one of the kids had like a really strong kick. And that yeah. was like the big gimmick was the kid could kick real hard so that like he would kick throughout the whole field and still score goals kind of like air bud which we'll get into maybe in another yeah, episode but definitely you know the kid was able to you know like every time he would score a goal be like kick it out or whatever i don't know i haven't seen it in like 20 years so i don't really <laughs> remember what happened i think you're just making this no no he was, in, he was in it because i remember i remember i remember there was some journey they had to go they had to discover something they had to i remember that character he he had snacks i think or i don't remember and then they had to Go somewhere after dark. So I don't even remember. They look for something. Who knows? It was some weird thing they had to do. Are you sure this isn't like some kind of dream you had? No, it was a real movie. Okay, just make sure. And then he was also in (laughs) Son-in-Law. Oh, yeah. With with, uh, with, with the weasel. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. uh, weasel. (laughs) Yeah, Polly's. Polly's, uh, this is the second time I've talked about him today. I had an interview earlier today, and we talked about Polly Shore. But anyways, just randomly. That's cool. (laughs) But anyways, uh, the uh, yeah, and his mom just passed away recently, which is sad. Shit. Mitzi, sure. Um, but uh, we're getting sidetracked here. Yeah, a little bit. Um, so then we had uh, we had uh, Saul and Sammy, the brothers, who were uh, the kind of lanky, lanky kid, and then his deaf brother, who they called Fingers. Yeah, because he talked with his fingers I, I guess that's the reason why they go yeah yeah it kind of seemed a little insensitive to deaf people in my yeah, opinion a little bit but i guess it's 1972 the time. I, yeah. mean, it's, hmm. I thought it was because he was handsy 
with women. Yeah, but that's no, they, another thing too. If, uh, you know, apparently sexual harassment is cool as long as you're 12 years old. Yeah, as but long, anyway, as, as, long se- as you're 12. Yeah, because that's what I was not thinking. harassment, assault. Sorry. Yeah, that's what I was about to bring yeah, up. Yeah. Is like Sam, Sam, um, Sammy goes, you know, goes to the kissing booth at the. He he finds uh, some some uh, platform shoes and <laughs> puts them on and. Uh, goes to the kissing booth at the carnival you know because we have another carnival scene just like oh, in the yeah. first movie yep because we gotta have hit all the marks yep um, <laughs> <laughs> yep but in in this one um you know but instead of you know people puking on a uh on a ride we get we get uh bigfoot shit and um <laughs> yeah. that's right bigfoot shit and, and uh and also uh you know, a, a sexual assault scene. Yeah. You know, which also hits the mark from the first for, for, movie for, from because, the Wendy Peppercorn sort yeah. of thing from the first one. So they had to but, they had yeah. to put that in the same. They had to kind of go for broke and do two do a twofer. Yeah. You know, do a, at the carnival scene instead mm-hmm. of the pool scene. But uh, yeah, because they probably just couldn't afford to get a pool. No. They probably, was, <laughs> well, they had they had Haley's pool pool at her backyard. house, but that's the only thing they could afford. Above ground pool in the backyard <laughs> yeah. because. Uh, I don't know I mean, budgetary I don't know. reasons. Yeah, I'm not sure, but I mean, I guess you. I, I guess people have above ground pools in California. I don't know. I don't. I, I don't live there, so I don't know. But um, <laughs> I always just seem to think when I think of California, I always think of in ground pools yeah. and you know. But Especially I'm sure the '70s man. That would yeah. that would be like the pinnacle of in ground. Yeah, pools, but this man. was shot in Vancouver. So oh, yeah, um, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> the. Uh, but but needless to say though, he, it, Sammy goes up to the girl and the the uh, girl I think is uh, billed as like uh, I can't remember. Let me see here if I can find this really quick. She was billed as I thought the billing for her was just kind of she was billed as hot young lady. <laughs> in the credits. Wow. Yeah. Not not even kissing booth woman or no. They they just, called her hot young lady. Wow. I just thought that was, and, and and then the guy who is in there too is billed as that that pulls pulls Sammy off of her when he sexually assaults her is billed as boyfriend. There they was could, no they, indication whatsoever that he was her boyfriend. No, I thought he was just a dude working with her. That's what I thought too. Like he was yeah. a bodyguard essentially. Because yeah. anyone tries any uh-huh. to get too handsy, he just throws him out. That's what I yeah. thought he was. I thought maybe he was just another carnival worker. And plus, why yeah. would her boyfriend? Just be standing around <laughs> while she's, she's working. Busy, dude. <laughs> like, that's so weird. Like, he doesn't have another job there or something. He's just like, all right, I'll, follow, I'll go to work with you and just watch you Watch work. you kiss a bunch of dudes. <laughs> Until some Cause kid. Because there's, there's nothing that I personally, if I had a girlfriend, would want to do more in my life than watch her get kissed by a bunch of guys. I mean, they're all cheek kisses, but... but- but still, yeah, but still, and of course, you know, the final straw is, you know, some kid, you know, completely going to town on her. I mean, yeah, some 12 year old and then steals her gum. And then the later, too, yeah. and then later on in the in, in the in the in the post in the in the, well, in the credit part where they talk about his future, he creates some kind of um, gum company called Kissing Booth Gum or uh, something, which was lame. I love how like. All their futures have to have something to do with that one summer. Like nothing before, nothing before or since after. has happened to them yeah. that is in, is any way influenced their lives that would warrant. Because everything that's ever happened in my life 
happened the summer that I was 12. Yeah. You know. <laughs> just that summer. Yes. No other summer, no other time of any other year. No, no. Just I, I honestly don't even remember what I was doing when I was 12. Either I mean, I. I, I think I was working when I was 12, but still, it, that summer, I mean. That summer, know. like, I was in the factory in Nicoma. <laughs> no, I used to work out at the Mud The Toledo no, Mudhens baseball games, speaking of baseball. Mudhens. Yep. Hentown. Sorry. I missed Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> is it called Hentown? No. Oh, I, I thought they called it Hentown. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> maybe I just made that up. <laughs> Henville, maybe? Hen, Hensville. Yeah. And I, then, and I then, like, and then Mudville and uh, different things you can call Hentown it. Hentown sounds better than Mudville to me. Mudville yeah. sounds almost well, they like could, they, dirty. They, like they wanted to call the uh, downtown by the stadium, the new state, newer stadium. I still call it the new stadium, even though it's been around for like, like 16, 16 years. years 2002. <laughs> but <laughs> but it's, it, they, uh, they, they, they have a little area called Hensville, and they wanted to call it Mudsville, Mudville, but they couldn't legally for some reason. So, yeah. I think it has to do with the whole, uh, um, the the whole poem, the Mudville, you know, at you know, what's this, uh, Casey at the bat, poem, baseball uh, poem. Anyways, it's a famous poem. Oh, okay. But uh, anyways, we're sidetracked here. <laughs> so okay, we got a got to narrow in on the yeah. So here. so we also have, I guess the uh, the two girls were called Penny and Jenny. Okay. The two nameless girls. I don't remember them being. I don't remember their names name. ever being called that, but in the credits, they're credited okay. as Penny. And Maybe Penny. they were called. I just don't remember. I just, I, I don't know. But anyways, and you know, the ones that went on to be courageous and have three kids yeah. each. Each. Yes. Because I guess it was a competition. Exactly three. At, at exactly least, at least three. it wasn't. At least they didn't say something like two point five kids or something. Right. Because you know, well, <laughs> I don't know how you have a half a kid, yeah. but um, but then you have Tarkel. The character that bothers me the most in the movie, which we've kind of talked about already, but, you know, the one that says, he's your stereotypical token black character. Mm-hmm. And it's been a while since I saw the first Sandlot. I don't remember the black kid in that movie, if he had a decent character or he was written well or not. But this character, it just seems like he was an afterthought. It's like, let's get a, let's get a, a black kid with an afro and put him in the movie. That's all they did. I mean, it was like they're and, and have them say solid a few times, and, and also and, and give the black power, you know, uh, fist. Did he do know. that? Yeah, yeah. He, oh my god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He gave the black power fist and uh, went solid at uh, the same time. And uh, <clears throat> I don't know. He did it. He did it at least. It was like at least two or three times. I was counting in the first twenty minutes of the movie. Wow. I know it was at least twice in the first twenty minutes of the movie. And I know he kept talking about. Uh, when when um what's the Durango kid's name first name uh David David when David um <coughs> first met Haley and was gonna try to talk to her but he was too shy and then she ends up leaving and then uh then they they ride up and they, hey let's go play some go to the sandlot and then and then she's like oh she she's liberated and he keep he kept using that word liberated yeah. like three different times like I told you she's liberated her mom her mom has Miss Magazine he's like what Miss Miss Magazine, that's the magazine that Gloria Steinem edits or whatever. Yeah, and, and, and that was the second name drop of Gloria yeah, it was Steinem like, it's like, in I, the movie. That's what I'm saying. I think, he, like, I think he just looked up the word feminism. And then, and then Gloria Steinem's name came Her up. name popped up. He's like, okay, I'll just throw her name in the he, movie. He, he read her Wikipedia page. Yeah, I think and, that's um, what it was. 
<laughs> I mean, that's what it sounds like. And then he, oh, it says Miss Magazine. Okay, I'll, I'll make. I'll just make a quick reference to that because it, like just the whole like liberated like like these like buzzwords that like were they were thrown around in the seventies, but they were like they were thrown around by like college like 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 ultra liberal yeah. college professors well, they weren't just regular people saying no, it, these I mean, words. It's, like, it's it's like when you, when you see in a movie like where everybody's using like the cool slang or the cool whatever you know it's like your average kid 12 year old kid isn't going to be using solid or right name dropping gloria steinem <laughs> right i mean i'm sure they're you know there's instances of that happening, but two kids in the same group of kids right. mentioning Gloria Steinem, and they're not at all connected to each other. No, and, they're and they're different scenes. Yeah, and they're completely from different like families, so they're not they don't even hang out with each other. Just totally, no. yeah, on their own. No, I just don't it, see that. I mean, and and how many? I mean, my my thing is, it's like if you're gonna make references here in the '70s, you know, why don't we talk about the Brady Bunch or the or uh, or partridge family or something that is more popular to kids right i mean you know to actual kids not yeah yeah your fake made up version of what you think yeah kids because like you know <clears throat> when uh when she called the guy male shoving his pig he's like that's what my mom calls my dad i'm like what where where do you guys live do you like guys live like in a group community where like everyone is like like a commune or something like yes. that i mean that would make sense that i can get that because everyone has the same teacher or philosophy or whatever I mean, but I, like i didn't grow up in the san fernando valley i don't know maybe that's I mean, what it's like there maybe I mean, it is maybe, yeah. maybe they like got into the rajneesh stuff before it became popular <laughs> i don't know and then they just i i don't know and it's just not really. <laughs> it's just—it's just I don't I I don't get that. I mean, and my thing is too. And plus, these kids that love baseball, and it's during the summer. Never mention a baseball player, right? If you're talking pop culture things that you want to reference, you know, like no mention of any of the you know Dodgers that are playing because that would be the team they'd be in, into because they're in Southern California yeah. probably, and one of the kids is wearing an LA hat, and it's just I, I don't know. I mean, it's like my thing is it's like. When when I was when I was a kid, I used to have a little wiffle ball league in my backyard, which <laughs> consisted of me and my friend Carl. And I'm gonna emphasize that again. <clears throat> it was a league that consisted of me and my friend Carl. What <laughs> so does two people? And my friend Carl Welch, if you're listening, hi, how's it going? Um, anyways, <laughs> we 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 set up a whole system or whatever where we were every team in the major leagues. <laughs> He was half of them. I was half of them, or at least in the. I we were at least the in the American League or whatever like that. But you know, he was half of them. I was half of them, and we and we knew we we collected baseball cards and we knew and we played in the backyard. I mean, that's the closest thing to like a Sandlot type of deal that we had. But I mean, there was only two boys in my neighborhood, so that's why it was just Carl and I. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and so, uh, but anyways, my thing is is when we would talk, we would mention the names of players that were on the Yankees or the Tigers or whatever team we're pretending that we're playing, you know, we, we'd, we'd pretend like, oh, coming up to bat is, you know, Alan Trammell or whatever, you know, something like that. We'd mention a player. These kids don't even talk about baseball. Mm -mm. And I know the movie's not about baseball, but it just seemed weird to me that they didn't bring up any baseball player. I mean, baseball players, uh, though, um, the, uh, the ex exasperated uh, coach of the little league, the bad boy little, little league team, 
was uh, was um, Steve Garvey, who is a famous uh, Major League Baseball player back oh. in the day. Yeah, so his little cameo in there, too. I'm wondering if that cost them money, too. That might have been where some of the budget of this film went. <laughs> yep. But, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's just... It's interesting. It's an interesting like... film. A um, few little uh, bits of, like, um, trivia here before we... Ran- before we wind down here about this as the uh th- these are these are some of the things that are wrong with the movie like some yeah, <laughs> so, some uh a- acronyms and stuff like that um the uh as the model of the space shuttle flies over the city it goes over a footlocker the movie takes place in 1972 footlocker did not exist until 1974 mm. um <laughs> the model of the uh space shuttle includes a rust colored external fuel tank in the early flights of the space shuttle, the tank was painted white. Most likely, if any models existed during development of the shuttle, that would have had a tank painted white. Those are just simple, you know, little things. When the kids were first <laughs> upset that the girls were at the sandlot, one of the boys asked another boy, are you on crack? This movie, t- is set, this, this movie is set in 1972, but crack was unknown to most people until 1981. Yeah, that's a little bit so, early for Craig. So, so yeah, that, there's there's a few there's a few uh, little. I, I I always like it when you're having a movie that is set in a time period. The little things that people get wrong, like if you have you know the wrong kind of shoes on or the wrong hat or the wrong car or whatever. But these are things that are just right in the dialogue or the or, or you know they're prop things you know that yeah. could have been easily researched and fixed like Foot Locker not existing until 1974. Yeah. What about the Nike part when the David puts on this Nike shoe? Was, was Nike around? Um, yeah, Nike. Kick it out. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that, that, so, so tell us more about that movie, Matt. Uh, kick it out? I don't remember much. <laughs> I remember. Are we sure it wasn't a dream? I'm, I'm pretty sure that the kid was in it and that he liked to eat snacks. And then there's part where they had to uh, actually do some sneak somewhere. So, 1972 <laughs> would have been the first year that the that the company was called Nike. Okay. Prior to that, it was Blue Ribbon Sports. Okay. I remember watching a documentary about this, but I just looked it up on Wikipedia. I'm not gonna say that I knew that off the top of my head, folks, because we just killed time to have me look it up. Anyways, um. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't take credit for Wikipedia. For yeah, what Wikipedia tells, kick it out by Heart. See, I told you it was a. I, I believe that's a song. I I've actually <laughs> seen Heart in concert, so I know this. Um, one of the first concerts I ever went to as a kid was a Heart concert. It was Heart and Cheap Trick. Awesome, that's a great. I I could have sworn I've not seen anything. I maybe it was a dream. I could have <laughs> sworn that there was a movie, The Big Green. That's what yeah, it was I've heard of that movie. Okay, okay. Mind. So it wasn't. It was called The Big Green. I was wrong, but it's okay. But, but they did have that song in the movie. They had a song "Kick It Out." I don't know why I thought it was called "Kick It Out," but well, you probably would have thought it was called that because the song was. And then here's a picture of it. Yeah, awesome. I, I I have heard of that movie. I don't think I've seen it. Very sad that he had to subject himself to that. Yeah. Type of gimmicky stuff, but ho- hopefully they paid him a decent amount of cash i'm sure for it i'm sure anyway so (laughs) 
would you recommend this movie, Sandlot 2? Do you think this... Okay, here, here's a better question. Was the sequel necessary? No. Do you think the sequel was just a cash grab? Yes. I don't think that he needed to write... I don't think, no. I don't think so, because there is nothing that he added of any value other than the character of Haley. That was like, if he wanted to make a sequel where it was about a girl's team (coughs) or a girl, let's say who's trying to stand up against prejudice and wants to play baseball. And then she proves everyone wrong that says that girls can't play baseball, something like that. But we already saw that movie. It was called the bad news bears. Right. It was a good movie. Yeah, I'm just saying. Then, you, know. you know, they they bring <laughs> seen her... it a couple times because in, in a TV series. Then they made a remake. <laughs> yeah, that's the same. We saw it a couple times and a TV oh, series. I see, yeah, yeah, because they had a, you know the the remake with Billy Bob Thornton speaking right. of Bad Santa. But yeah. anyways, um... <laughs> so they brought that character in, but then she then that didn't even become her character after that. It was just like just she was just now just a character. It was like oh okay. So she that, became that... a typical girl love interest to the main. Yeah, character. I mean that could have been a nice you know. Thing, but then you know, just, no, it was, it was. I mean, and oh, that was the other thing at the end I found really weird. It's like they went together all through high school, and then they broke up, and then they, ten years after college, ran into each other again, and he was still afraid to talk to girls, <sighs> and um, not saying that that's not true, but um, but then, <laughs> but but then but then it's like you're supposed to say, "Will you marry me?" And then they got married. That's a weird way to propose to someone that you haven't seen in over 10 years. Yeah, I mean... I mean, I've, that's weird. Like, you just show up. I mean, how much of life did, has... I mean, has she not dated anybody else in 10 years? Has he not dated anybody else in 10 years? Have, you know, by that time, if you think about it, 10 years after college, you're, like, in your 30s. Right. Um, You're pretty well established in life by most people. Most people are. I mean, I wasn't. But um, well, the, uh, <laughs> well, I'm just saying. So they 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 met. How did they meet? For one thing, and then, like, was it an intentional meeting, or did they just run into each other? Because if they just ran into each other, it makes the whole situation much more weird. So t- that tell just me, seems creepy. If you show, if you just meet someone that you haven't seen ten years for ten years after college, which we don't even know if it was just if, ten years or just ten years after college. I mean, like, been, like, like if if one of my girlfriends from high school came up to me like 10 years ago or right now even and you didn't say anything and i didn't say anything and i just saw them and i'm like whatever you know and i'm just dumbfounded or whatever and then she the first thing out of her mouth is you're supposed to say will you marry me i would be like um what like i'd be like girl I've, i've had a life here um i don't know what's going on with you you could be psycho. You could have right. killed four people yesterday, right. and I don't know that. You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess that was his way of trying to be romantic. But again, I think the guy doesn't really know <laughs> how to write. I mean, I know he knows how to write, but I just I don't know how to. Explain I mean, he, it. Like, he has written other things. Um, I really shouldn't be trash talking. No, this. I mean, I mean, he's. I have nothing against the guy. It's just. He didn't write the third movie in the series. Oh, really? The time travel one? Yeah, okay. which which I really want to see soon. I haven't. Yeah. I, I saw it once before a long time ago, probably when it first came out. Um, that one might be more fun to watch, even if it is bad. But yeah. it might be more fun because it's, it time travel is involved in a yeah. Sandlot movie. So we'll maybe we'll cover that on the next step and yeah. on the episode following this one. 
Um, yeah, but David Mickey Evans, um, the uh, the writer of this, the writer and director, he's uh, he he wrote the movie Radio Flyer before he did Sandlot. Oh, okay. He actually he actually had started to direct it. I had read read somewhere and. Um, the studio was not happy with it, so they brought in Richard Donner to finish the movie. Hmm. Um, but then the first movie he directed officially was The Sandlot. Then he directed The First Kid, starring Sinbad. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I know. <laughs> he, he directed Beethoven's Third. Oh, God. <laughs> and Beethoven's Fourth. Oh, <laughs> he did uh, National Lampoon's Barry, Barely Legal, some movie called Wilder Days, did The Sandlot 2, did a movie called The Final Season, which is another uh, baseball movie. He uh, directed the movie Ace Ventura Pet Detective Jr. <laughs> and uh, some other things, but as far as a writing goes, he actually he wrote he wrote the Ace Ventura movie. Okay. Um, he gets a writing credit on Sandlot Heading Home, which is the third Sandlot movie, but uh, he didn't write it at all. He just created the characters. Mm. Um, he wrote the screenplay for Mickey, Donald, Goofy, the Three Musketeers movie. He wrote the screenplay for the the baseball Matt LeBlanc monkey movie called Ed. Mm. <laughs> That was actually one of my favorite movies when I was a kid. <laughs> I watched that constantly. See, I was like a senior in high school when that came out, so that's, that was kind of—I never saw that. One. That's why I became obsessed with chocolate bananas because that's what the monkey was always eating was chocolate bananas. And I was trying to figure out how to freeze them without making them taste like crap. Didn't work, but yeah, he 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 also wrote um, TV movie uh, Journey to the Center of the Earth. Okay. With uh, this one that features Tim Russ from uh, Star Trek uh, Voyager, and I'm not recognizing any other name in the cast here. So um, there's some hit and misses. Hit, hit and misses. I mean, you know, hey, you got sometimes you got to take but, the work if you I know. Mean, my thing is, is regardless of anything else he did, Sandlot, the first Sandlot, yeah. is a classic. It is. I mean, I personally don't hold it up as high as most people, but then again. In '93, I was like, I was like in a freshman in high school. You were like 15 or 14 at yeah. the time. So, so I was kind of older. So it never, <laughs> it was never like that. You know, it, it's not like um, I don't know, like The Princess Bride or uh, or Star Wars or something like that, where it was a movie that I saw a lot as a kid. Or Spaceballs. That was the one I, I watched a lot as a kid. I don't know. It's it's, but, but but as far as like coming of age movies, I'm trying to think of anything that would be on the same par as that because like when I was a kid, there were only. I mean, I guess a lot of people would go to Goonies, but I never watched Goonies because that was like right before my time. Sort. Of. I mean, it was it was still within my time, but I was never a fan of Goonies. I it, it's not that I. Speaking of Richard Donner, he directed that. Anyways, um, but. <laughs> Who else? Uh, but Radio Flyer, I liked. Yeah, Radio but, Flyer was but, one but of my that, favorite but, movies. But that was still a little bit when I was older. So that was like ninety two, yeah. I think. Yeah, it was like right before Sandlot. And uh, but I don't know if I ever had like a coming of age kids movie that I watched, you know, like like Sandlot that actually resonated with me. There, there probably was one that I'll think of later. But 
I never held it up on that uh, pedestal that a lot of people do. Because, I mean, a lot of people, they, they have these movies like, like that, or like some people have The Goonies, some people have, you know, I guess maybe for me it was E.T. or something, maybe. It was probably my uh, movie that was like a, a kind of coming-of-age kid sort of movie. <clears throat> I don't know. Huh. It's hard to say because, I don't know, E.T. was the first movie I ever saw in theaters. That's a good one. My brother saw that too in theaters. I saw Sandlot in theaters with my dad and brother. Yeah, I. So that was. I honestly don't think I saw Sandlot until I was in my twenties. Oh, okay. So it never really. Yeah. <laughs> resonated with me. So, I mean, I, I I respect the movie and I think it's a great movie. It's a great coming of age kids movie. But it's. It's hard to. Hard to put it up on a pedestal for me. It's not like one of the my sacred cows when it comes to movies. Yeah. But um, I understand the reverence that people have for it, and so making a sequel is something that a lot of people are going to have be slapped in the face with. It's it's kind of like I don't know. There's a lot of movies where they make direct to video sequels, and I'm like, why the hell did they do that? You know, probably most of the time, honestly. But. <laughs> But and I felt kind of the same way with this one. But I have this weird fascination with sequels, and I actually I liked this movie. If the first one didn't exist, it would be a lot better. But it was so similar to the first movie right. that it was it was it was a retread that wasn't really necessary. I mean, putting it in the seventies was cool, adding the women's lib girl aspect to it, but not the over the top Gloria Steinem stuff. But um, it ha- had enough differences to make it a unique enough movie, but it was still basically the same plot. And I don't know. I, I, feel- I wouldn't recommend it to anybody, but if, if you, like you said at the beginning of the show, like if, if, if your TV's off and that's not enjoyable for you, and for some reason the only DVD you have is this movie, and uh, there's... <laughs> No access to the internet or any other kind of entertainment. In other words, if it's if it's like I am Legend and you're Will Smith's character, but instead of having like DVR of Shrek or a bunch of other movies, you only have The Sandlot too, then I guess that's what you're going to be stuck watching for the rest yeah. of your life. I mean, he so was simple. he was lucky in the fact that he got to go to that video store oh, and movies all the time in that movie. That's I mean, yeah, so he got but, lucky yeah. with that. But yeah. if you're that character and you and you only had that to watch. I guess that'd be all right. Yeah. I mean, if you're trapped on a desert island with a with a with a TV with a built-in DVD player that has uh, Sandlot Two stuck in it, I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <It'd> be, watch <laughs> it. I just feel sad for the people whose coming of age movie is the Sandlot Two. Like, if like like two kids or two guys are just talking about, like, yeah, you remember, you remember when we were twelve, we watched Sandlot Two together that one summer every night. I mean, there are some people that do that. Like my, I mean. I mean, I know people like like okay. It's kind of like what what you wanna what you attach to. Like I've listened to uh, the 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 podcast. How did this get made? Um, sometimes and um, 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 June Diane Rayfield on there. They did an episode about Grease too. Mm-hmm. She liked it better than Grease because when she was a kid, she only had a couple movies. And one of them was Grease too, mm-hmm. and so that movie that you watch over and over again—it's—it's it's kind of like, um, which is kind of funny because the opposite effect happened to me with the original Grease. My sister had that tape and watched it and listened to the soundtrack over <laughs> and over again, 
I began to absolutely hate Grease <laughs> with a passion. So then when she actually did get Grease 2, I got excited too. So kind of like I had the opposite reaction to the first movie that she had to the second movie. So but so I actually did have a similar reaction to the second movie. I was like, oh, it's something different. <laughs> but like, you know, when I was a kid, we didn't have that many movies. And, you know, we had like a we had a VHS of stuff we recorded off the TV where we had like mm-hmm. Mr. Destiny. And um, oh, that, that was the other one. My my sister loved three men and a little lady. Mm. Not three men and a baby, Mm-mm. but three men and a little lady. Yeah, and that was on that tape that we had, with like Mr. Destiny, Three Men and a Little Lady, yeah. and I can't remember. There's some third movie. I'm familiar with the VHS tapes and that movie. On yes, yeah, Mm-mm. yeah, and she 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 watched that one over and over again. And honestly, I think I like it more than the first one, only because I saw it more. It kind of just got indoctrinated in my head. It's like when you like a song just because you've heard it more. Like like if like if there's a song on top forty radio and they play it enough, eventually you know you know all the lyrics and you start to sing along. Doesn't necessarily mean the song's good. Right, it just means that you've heard. Well, Three Men and the Little Lady. That was terrible for me because during that time, my aunt was obsessed with like spirits and like haunted Ohio stuff mm-hmm. or whatever. And, like, she had, I guess, heard this theory. This is pre-internet, by the way. That, that wasn't Three Men and a Baby. No, Three Men and a Little Lady. The one I'm talking about, too. The, no, there's a haunting in the Three Men. There's a supposed haunting in the Three Men and a Baby. I've never heard about one from Three Men and a oh, Little well, Lady. Oh, basically, what, what I was told then was about someone was supposed to be hanging from, a like, a ghost that looked like they would hunt themselves, like some kid that was in the background, but it was supposed to be a spirit. It wasn't supposed to be a, a real human. It was, like, a... a yeah, because yeah. what what I heard there was a there was in the first movie that there was supposed to be like a ghost or something in the background of one of the scenes, but it turned out that when you slowed down the footage and everything later, that's what it was. It, yeah, it, it was. It, it's in the first okay, movie. Okay, yeah, it was, yeah, and it was a it was actually just a cardboard cutout of Ted Danson. Oh God, but that freaked me yeah. out because I was like a little kid. Because his character was an actor and he had a cardboard cutout. Oh, okay, of himself, and it was in the background of the scene, so it looked like a ghost <sighs> in the shot, but. It was proven later to be okay. be a cardboard cutout of Ted Danson. So wow. yeah, and this was pre-internet too. Yeah, so these these things still well, used well, it's, to it's, cycle. It's, like, yeah, I mean, we should do an episode where we cover stuff like this. Yeah, because I mean, you have the whole like the hanging thing too. You did have the the supposed Munchkin hanging himself in the background of uh, Wizard of Oz. Maybe that's where I got confused. He com- yeah, transposed yeah. the two or something. Yeah, but anyways, um, so. Uh, we're going to try to cover some more uh, direct-to-video sequels here soon. Um, if you hear this and want to suggest any, um, feel free to uh, let us know. Um, our email is all2real2, that's A-L-L, the number 2, R-E-E-L-T-O-O, at gmail.com. Just send us uh, any suggestions of any kind of episodes you want, if you want to, you know, anything like this, or if there's any kind of weird pop culture topic you want us to cover and we will um just be sure to follow us on facebook and all that good stuff um anything else you want to say matt nope that's it all right have a good one folks bye thanks for listening to all too real Two podcast a cullen park production produced and edited by michael e cullen the second Music by Matthew Haas. Subscribe and share the show. Visit us at CullenPark.com.